Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined today by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Very well, Shay. How have the Apex games been of late? Any They've dubs? Been good. We've been getting dubs, yeah, making our moves and ranked. Yeah, so still progressing, still progressing, working towards that master tier. Uh, today, this is going to be your weekly Apex podcast, and we're hoping to talk to you about some news that's come out around Apex and Respawn, the company in general along with going on a deep dive, ranking all of the legends. Uh, Henry's going to be taking the lead on that one and explaining how we went through this in-depth process on ranking everyone. But first, let's start with some news. So the first piece of news that we have today is Drew McCoy, the Apex Legends developer, one of the top main developers. You've probably seen him talking through everything to the fans. He stepped down and left Respawn after 10 years. Wow. That's big news. Interesting. Why now? Yeah, he's uh, posted on Twitter about it. Pretty much said he is exploring something else and he's going to take some time off. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure that he's got plenty of good reasons for leaving. He's pretty much, he was one of the main developers on Titanfall 1 and 2 and the lead developer on Apex Legends. Wow. It's Pretty a big influential loss. person and we'll see how the studio kind of changes and adapts to that. For sure. I'm sure that they have a ton of competent people over there, and I think the game will be great. It just sucks because he was a guy that really was interacting with the community on a high level. Yeah. yeah. And to follow that up, our next piece of news is another negative piece of news, unfortunately. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, you'll definitely see some retweets of that one mining guy. He's one of the best data miners out there for Apex Legends, and he has unfortunately stepped away from data mining as well. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. He was behind a lot of the leaks, a lot of skin leaks, and we still got a lot of people out there like iLoot Games, but losing that one mining guy is definitely a hit for the Apex community. Is that serious? Does he mean it? Yes, he means it. Deleted <sighs> his account and everything. Wow. That's... Wow. Yeah. It's been a tough couple of days for Apex on that standpoint, but this is such a big game and there's such a big community around it that will always have people stepping in and taking those people's places, but it sucks to see those people, you know, step away. But let's get into the main topic of today and we're going to be ranking all of the legends in tier. So I'm going to throw this over to Henry and he's going to explain our ranking criteria. Yeah. So this is a big episode. This is kind of obviously one that we had to do and uh, keep in mind that this is subject to change. I mean, the game's always balancing they're always coming out with new updates and new legends. And how we ranked it uh, really had to do with the individual legends. So if a new legend comes onto the scene or there's major updates like that we heard about uh, last episode, uh, this is going to change. Um, but our approach was to look at each of the abilities, the passive, tactical, and ultimate ability of each of the legends, and rank them uh, greatest to least. So at first we approached this and didn't do that and decided to rank each ability, passive, tactical, and ultimate on a scale of one to three. That right? did not work. <laughs> one to three did not work, um, kind of for obvious reasons because that kind of just makes it too simplified and all the people that are pretty good get a three and the the one ability that sucks gets a one but yeah then we decided to scale that up to five and then maybe even ten yeah the point system was a struggle because we felt that we were using the point system to compare the legends already and so we had all these legends that were so close point wise and Mm -hmm. tier wise when in actuality when you look at the game and how it's being played they're not close at all when you take that approach of giving you know, a legend ability to score, you can look at something and just say, yeah, that's a 10. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a really good ability. But another legend can also have a 10 because it's also a very good ability. But with the approach that we did here today, um, we ranked them. So there can only be one that's at the top. There can only be one at the bottom. And they have to be somewhere on that scale. And I will say focusing on the abilities that the legends has was the route we decided to go. Um, And we kind of just made the assumption that, like, for example, Gibraltar has fortified Mm -hmm. and that makes up for his big hitbox. Yeah, good point to mention. 
So we didn't really like take into account uh, mobility, size, and the damage taken because we just assumed we trust the game apex and that the fortified Mm -hmm. and the minus 5% or the plus 5% damage are all made to kind of balance that out so everybody's close to equal. Um, And we just think that, you know, focusing on the abilities is the best way to really identify what are the best legends. And I have my own opinion about that. I know you do too, Shay. And if you're listening, you might, you know, disagree with that. But I think that that's a good conclusion to make that uh, fortified and low profile are balancing and it's not an added passive or ability. Unless you're a Pathfinder player like me. Yeah, and you just get railed on that. Um, Another thing that we wanted to make sure to mention is that all of these rankings are assuming that the player is being played uh, almost at their best. Yeah. So peak play for sure. Yeah. It's it's not fair to say um, caustic is the worst because you've played with a lot of bad caustic players. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of looking at it like they're using this ability to the best that they can do it in the most strategic way at the right point in the game with communication with their teammates. And I will say we definitely thought about doing a differentiating ranking between Mm -hmm. ranked mode and non-ranked mode. Uh, But in the end, we just decided to go with one overall ranking because some people would have been dropped and ranked and some people would have been raised in rank and we think it would have balanced out in the end. So that's where we decided to go with just the one. It would have been uh, pretty similar. So I think this is a good approach. And then at the end here... Uh, we also put them into tiers. So you're going to have top tier, uh, middle tier, and then a lower tier as well. We got any names for those tiers? Yep. Top tier is going to be master tier, of course. Second tier is diamond. And the third tier is platinum. And we thought maybe that we should have the number one, numero uno, be an apex predator. Of course. (laughs) But, you know, everybody's on a close tier, so you know. Yeah, Yeah, and we'll get get into the numbers here in a second, but uh, stay tuned for the final uh scores and rankings yeah and we'd love to hear from you guys your opinions on this once after we share it and really we do want to go into some deep dives some really deep dives on how to play the specific legends because we're talking about we want these legends to be played at their best and that's how we're ranking them and i don't think a lot of people know how to do that with some people that's absolutely true shay and yeah we're we're certainly going to be doing uh, legend specific episodes. So strategies, overviews, how to play, uh, strengths and weaknesses, all For that sure. stuff. And I'll be completely honest. I'm going to have to log some serious hours playing some characters that I haven't in order to be able to share the best kind of information with you guys. Crypto. I'm not playing crypto. Like, <laughs> oh man. Man. Okay, okay. Let's get started. Yeah. So we're going to start off here with the passive abilities. Um, at the top of our list, Maybe we should start at the bottom of the list. Bottom of the list? Yeah, let's start at the bottom. At the bottom of the passives, uh, we have Mirage. This is not up for debate. I don't care what anybody else says. It's unfortunate. Shay, we love Mirage, but his passive ability on core requires him to be knocked. (laughs) And the added benefit of turning invisible and sending out decoys is very short and can almost even hurt the team a little bit. I've always thought that it's a horrible ability. And the idea is still cool, though, to me. And I imagine if, like, imagine if Mirage gets knocked and he could be invisible for longer. And if he can move faster when he was knocked, I think then you have the ability to consider that a higher tier passive. But right now, you knock a Mirage, and most of the time you're still going to finish the Mirage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's short. Um, the second worst, the number two spot Mm -hmm. is crypto and we might talk about this for too long, but I think just the overview is his passive allows other people to see, uh, what his drone sees, the Neuralink passive. Yeah. I think that really the fact, the passive, the reason we ranked it so low because it is good. The problem is, is it's so reliant on the tactical and intuitive with the tactical and it just seems like something that should be given like this should be an ability that everybody has yeah no matter what like it's his drone his tactical and his passive are too too closely related and it just doesn't give him an edge over anybody and when we looked at some uh, yeah (laughs) oh man and just comparing him to some other legends we felt he needed to be lower yeah 
The next uh, spot we have Revenant's passive, um, the ability to climb and crouch uh, silently and faster, crouch walking. I will say this, talking about Revenant did remind me that another thing I want to talk about the criteria when it comes to these rankings okay. is we were definitely thinking of World's Edge in yeah. mind. Yeah. We were very much thinking about World's Edge because I will say that when we went back to King's Canyon, Revenant, definitely the passive was a lot more useful. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is a debate to be made that he could be higher on the list if we were talking about King's Canyon. But right now for World's Edge and these rankings, there's just not enough buildings for him to climb. And the crouch is cool and all, but I just don't feel like it separates him enough from the other characters. Absolutely. At the next spot, we have Bloodhound, number four. Um, You know, his passive ability to track, um, you know, enemies, what happened, loot even, uh, is good, but not that good. And unfortunately, I think is underutilized and not super effective. And part of the problem with this tactical is the fact that uh, it requires such a high level of communication with mm-hmm. your team to be able to use it effectively. Exactly. And the ping system really handicaps this passive because if you want to call out, oh, uh, somebody was knocked here or, oh, somebody, there was a fight here, then the automatic ping to that is enemies were here when... They could be a lot closer than that. It doesn't tell you like the seconds or exactly what went down. Um, and so the commu- you have to be on mics you know, in order to use this passive. And I will say, I think we're getting to the point in these rankings where our tiers are going to be a little bit more combined. And we'll mm-hmm. really get into the tiers at the end because we're this is a lot of negativity towards his passive. But I will say <laughs> I've played a lot of games where I'm like, oh, man. I just like lost somebody. Someone just slipped away. It would be really nice to be Bloodhound right totally. now and totally. be able to find him. So. Yeah. I do like the ability, um, but we're, as we get higher up here, we're going to be getting more positive because it gets better. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> it does. Um, after Bloodhound, we have Watson's passive. Um, her passive is to have an ultimate accelerant and be able to fully charge her ultimate. And she uses them faster. Yes. Um, good passive. It uh, is. Our kind of ranking perspective on this was that that added score of that being a cool passive kind of just factored it straight into her ultimate ability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not too much to say about the passive other than it's cool and it just makes her ultimate even better. Yeah. It doesn't give her any added bonus in a fight or like passively. It's yeah, kinda, it's, it's kinda definitely a, a, it's a middle tier passive, yeah. which is where we have it ranked and mm-hmm. we're just saying that it's more useful than bloodhounds tracking because in games i find that if i have two ultimate accelerants at the end when i'm watson and i can move zone to zone and immediately place an interception pylon that's huge yeah that's part of it yeah totally agree um next up is octane very good passive being able to heal incrementally over time uh, is really nice yeah especially you know combined with his tactical where he is gonna hurt himself to be able to run faster yeah. So yeah, his passive is very good. I remember when he first came out and everyone was freaking out about his passive because everyone yeah. was like, oh man, lifeline is no longer needed and mm-hmm. his this is going to be so broken. And it's good. It heals at a slow rate. It's not going to replace a syringe or mm-hmm. a med kit or anything like that. It really just offsets his tactical. And the perspective on that healing ability, like that free healing, quote unquote, uh, with Lifeline and Octane has changed a lot. I mean, back in the day, Lifeline could use the drone while in the zone and pretty much oh, yeah. counteract that. Huge. Not the case anymore. Octane can't do that as well, can't be taking damage, but there was always assumptions that maybe that wasn't going to be the case. For sure, for sure. Next up, we have Caustic. Right in the middle here, um, or... This one's Above up for middle. debate. This one's up for debate, but All I'm telling you, I think what the key to this ranking is is that we are assuming that it's being used at its best. Yeah. Because when a caustic can get people into his traps, into his gas bomb, he becomes bloodhound, which is something yeah. you love to say. Yeah, it's true. I mean, fully highlighted, moving faster than anybody in the gas. Yep. Um, and is doing damage at the same time. And at the current state of the game, Caustic's 
ability is very interesting when uh, there's enemy caustics. Yeah. Um, just because there's no differentiation between the color, uh, there's no visual alert. And so an enemy caustic can be popping down bombs, popping down traps, thinking they're safe. And your caustic, you run in there fast. Everybody's highlighted. Boom, boom. You got a peacekeeper and that's a squad wipe right there. For sure. For sure. Let's Good go. passive. Uh, next up, we got Bangalore's passive. Uh, double, double time. time. Uh, really good. Really good. I mean, being able to move quickly, especially when the pressure's on, um, is really critical. And in the fight, uh, I've used it a quite uh, bit and I've really struggled with hitting Bangalore's um, in a firefight. It's tough because it's auto-activated mm-hmm. and that's really nice. And it makes you a lot harder to hit. Yeah. If you're being sniped at, especially on World's Edge, where it's a sniper-focused map, that's key. Yeah. Bangalore's passive, definitely good. Next up is Wraiths, uh, being able to hear voices, um, kind of have the warnings that people are aiming at you or there's some sus stuff going down. Super helpful. I'm a huge fan of this one. Yeah. I know that you were talking about possibly putting this one a little bit lower, but as someone that has played a lot more Wraith, it's helped me so yeah. many times. Being and- able to dodge that first shot because of that and Mm -hmm. save a shield cell save a battery can be huge absolutely and the ability to easily inform your team what's Mm -hmm. going down is also really good with bloodhounds like tracking ability um it's gotta like hit the ping line it up and then it's really not that useful it's hard to hit the ping too on wraith is you know on the d-pad it's an easy trigger everybody knows what's going down and i like that Agreed. Next up, we got Pathfinder's passive. This is a very much rank-focused passive. And people don't use the survey beacon that much in uh, pubs. We're trying to change that. Well, yes, but at the same time, if you're going for high kill games, Mm -hmm. it's tough to stop and scan the survey beacon. But in ranked mode, when positioning is everything, being able to see a ring ahead is huge it's absolutely game-changing to be able to position yourself better yeah totally agreed and next is gibraltar's passive you have the gun shield i hate the gun shield gun shield is completely overpowered and broken um it's not fair um unless you're playing against apex predators that only hit headshots uh you're absorbing a lot of damage um being able to peek corners uh being able to peek snipers being able to absorb um you know a a part of a triple take spread when i shoot a sniper out of gibraltar mm-hmm. and do the 50 damage from cracking the shield and that's it i'm infuriated yeah it's and then so the gibraltar still has blue purple armor behind that mm-hmm. and the recharge on the gun shield super fast and it's crazy i mean Gibraltar is very good overall, and the ability to not only be highly effective at close quarters, because you have this huge, big old gun shield, and then you have the 15% reduction to incoming damage, you can just annihilate people at close quarters, even though you have a big hitbox. For sure. And then at long range, you know, it's still good because you can look and get sights on, hit good shots, and take that uh, incoming damage with really no penalty. It's amazing. And then next up, Lifeline. This is last, right? Lifeline's the best. Yeah, so we got Lifeline as our top passive, and I really do feel like Lifeline has two passives. Yeah. The fact that she pretty much has gold body armor because she can (laughs) heal faster, which is absolutely huge. You have some feelings about the gold armor. Yeah, I mean, we can get into that if you want to, but I just think that it's become way too common in this game. Mm -hmm. It's not special anymore. And we've played some games now where we've got the full squad has gold armor. And that's just, that's not right. It should be a you see it once every two or three games kind of thing. Yeah. But Lifeline being able to heal faster is huge. And part of why I'm saying that about the gold armor too is it does take away from Lifeline's passive, mm-hmm. the fact that there's a lot more gold armor in the game right now. But at the same time, 
a lifeline with gold armor oh my god is not fair and the second part of her passive healing the teammates or not healing the teammates mm-hmm. that's a tactical i misspoke resing her teammates faster with a freaking shield yeah it's that crazy. bleeds over to her tactical um or no no it doesn't you're right that's her passive yeah that's part of her passive that's, that's why, why she's I said the best she's two passives yeah that's why she's the best um yeah absolutely we've you know, played with a couple lifelines that will <sighs> just go crazy with they that shield it. and use it mid battle it's crazy and it can be so effective they in the right use hands. it like a dome yeah they do they think that it's time to relax <laughs> like it's crazy yeah so true lifeline has a broken passive that's why she's number one yeah you want to move into the tacticals yeah let's keep it moving all right Speaking of the greatest legend of all time, uh, the tactical number one spot. Oh, man, we're going to go worst to best. Yeah, we right? are. I got so excited. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel, worst tactical, Bloodhound. Did we really rank Bloodhound at the yeah. bottom? Yes, we did. Dang. Yeah. That's brutal. Uh, we might have to switch that. <laughs> the thing is, it's not that good because it's still just a snapshot. Yeah, you do get some motion to see which direction they're going, but they know it happened. That's the team I... looking at a distance knows there's a bloodhound there. It gives you away. Uh, it makes a sound, and it doesn't give you a whole lot of information. And especially on this map, not a whole lot of urban combat. You know, it's very much more in the open, longer lines of sight. It's just not as uh, feasible as a good tactical right now. For sure. And I will also say part of this is that I don't think there is a very bad tactical in the game right now. Totally. Yeah. I think and that, that, that's a good thing to preface this whole uh, segment here on the tacticals. Every tactical is has a good ability and, and when used in the right situation mm-hmm. can be effective. And yeah. that's how I feel about all the legends in general. Totally. Every legend, if used perfectly, can have its goods. And yeah. Be effective. And the, and the tactical really defines the legend. For sure. In a lot of ways. And we'll continue to talk about that. Um, next up is going to be crypto. We are probably in the minority with this one. Maybe. We are not huge fans of crypto. Um, I think his ultimate is good. And we're going to get into that later. Yeah. But the tactical, I find it too easy to shoot out of the sky Mm -hmm. and when you go into the tactical you are so vulnerable yourself and you are removing yourself from the battle and your teammates are in a two-on-three situation yeah i i'm trying to put a positive spin on it this guy is second from the worst tacticals and i don't feel bad about it but something that could be good is this is a third party ability if you're going squad on squad you cannot use this tactical that is putting you in a three-on-two situation, and that's not going to be very effective. But if you're rolling up on a battle that's going down, a couple of people are knocked, and you're approaching as that third party, maybe getting that intel is nice to be able to see where are the reses, where are the remaining people. For sure. And I think some of the best cryptos use that drone to get the beacons after somebody goes down not that's get true the beacons the that's respawn true. boxes that's true and the ability to see uh, how many squads are in the area by looking at the banners yeah those um, are two of the better abilities where I, I played crypto a lot when he came out mm-hmm. uh and those are really what i used it for the most i have also seen crypto's drone being used as pretty much a distraction and a mm-hmm. way for people to waste their ammo yeah Just spraying it down and things like that all that being said, still uh, one of the worst tacticals just because there is a lot of really good abilities here. For sure. Next up is going to be Octane's tactical, the stim. I'm not a huge fan of the stim. Uh, I think that it could be lower on this list personally. Yeah. I don't think the speed boost is enough anymore compared to now Bloodhound speed boost and Bangalore mm-hmm. speed boost on double Revenance time. too. Revenance counts for something. Yeah, a little bit. But... It's just uh, the fact that you can activate it whenever you want is probably the most useful thing about yeah. it. But I still don't feel like I have trouble shooting an octane when they're speeding no. away. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Um, one of the reasons that I really felt like it should be low on the tacticals is it's loud. 
Yes. A lot of times when we're playing, we're competitive. We want to be sneaking or we want to be in control of when we engage. And if Octane is over there stimming up and it's loud as a banshee, we completely blew our position. There's no sneaking about with an Octane. For sure. I agree. Next up is Revenant's Tactical, the tactical grenade. And I think this is something where we ranked it a bit towards the lower end, lower medium, and we haven't been able to use it a lot yet and get used to it. I will just say that it has a very, it's very hard to use. High skill cap on using it. And we're assuming that this, uh, in these rankings, that the characters are being used at their best. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the silencing ability is really what the tactical grenade is used for. Because yeah. what is it's 10 damage 10 about? Damage, yeah. yeah. And it kind of concusses you a little bit. Yeah. And so that's good. But I think the main key is being able to take away abilities. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take away Gibraltar's arm shield. No. It doesn't mess up Watson traps. Yeah. I and that's where I get a little confused I'm, with it. I foresee some balancing coming to this tactical. I foresee um, balancing coming to Revenant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have Mirage's tactical, Bamboozle Decoy. Love bamboozling people. Very fun. Again, call back to our ba- last episode about the bamboozling being an assist in ranked. That's huge. Up to twenty-five points per bamboozle. I mean, <laughs> gotta love that. Yeah, um, I just think that it's a very fun uh, tactical to play, mm-hmm. and it can be very useful, especially when I don't know why, but everyone loves to shoot them, no matter what. Like you can look at it, see that it's a decoy, yeah. <laughs> and still shoot it. And when you get into late game situations where you don't know where some teams are, yeah, that can really help you. That can really help yeah. you find where some teams are located. When I play Mirage, I always really enjoy it. It's really fun to use. But I almost think the decoy is most effective when used in very close quarters. Agreed. Like they have seen you. You like are maybe hiding behind a corner, pop that decoy, and hit him in the back. I mean, mm-hmm. Mirage's entire skill pack is all about hitting people in the back. And that's how you win gunfights right there. For sure. And I, I use the decoy a lot almost as a uh, shield, if this makes sense. I'll yeah. try to explain it. I uh, like sending it at him, send it at him, but also like preemptively. So like if we take out a squad and we're looting and I'm looting a box, I'll pop a decoy on the box with me in case somebody decides to shoot at me. That might save me possibly. Same thing. If I'm going to go get a care package, I'll go to one side, pop the decoy on the other. And there's been a lot of times where that decoy gets shot and then I'm able to get out of there without taking any damage. And I know where the other team is. Absolutely. And Mirage, you know, say what you will, but the decoy has been buffed, you know, historically. It now has footsteps. It now has uh, significant damage allotted to it. So people are going to be more distracted for longer. Um, But kind of built middle of the road. It's pretty good. Number five. Number six, we have a lifeline statical. Healing drone. DOC drone. This took a hit when it wasn't allowed to be used in the zone. For sure. I think that it used to be so good because used to be able to save your team if you guys were running behind in round one. Totally, and you could kind of push it and round two and round one and two kind of. It was helpful. Um, Now, not so much the case. I really only feel like it helps in early game situations now. Yeah. When you're in the early game, early game when you're fighting and you don't have the meds yet. Because late game, you get the lifeline. It'll give your position away if you're in a very, very small area Mm -hmm. because it's loud. You Mm -hmm. can hear it. And additionally, it's uh, it's just doesn't heal fast enough. Totally. If it was a lot faster, maybe it would be good. Um, but yeah, this is middle of the road. Six out of twelve lifelines, doc drone. Um, I think another thing to mention about it is the communication has to be on. Yeah. Because I don't have time to wait around. Well, we joke for, about like a med force healing. Right? Yeah, you almost have to. You have to be a very aggressive healer if you're going to be lifeline. Yeah. And that's rare. Being aware of your teammates' health is key, and and being on it, it's a tough, it's a tough legend to play because you have to be so aware of who you're playing mm-hmm. with and the situation and everything. And one of our keys to survivability is sometimes healing before you loot. Yeah, and oh, definitely. If you're not popping the drone before you're looting, um, you kind of just lost that opportunity. Next up is caustic. 
with the traps. So the I Knox love the traps. Traps, traps oh. are they're useful. This I is a tougher. This is a debatable one because it is, correct me if I'm wrong, the only tactical ability that can and does hurt your teammates. Yeah. But despite that. And by hurt, you mean slow down, yes, blind. Yes, not actually damage, slow down, blind. They didn't even know what happened. It just. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> I think blocking doors is so big mm-hmm. with the caustic traps. Yeah. In those late game scenarios, when you're holding down a house, being able to block the doors is yeah. huge. Yeah. And I will, I will talk about the fences in a bit, but are you more scared of a fence or a trap? The traps mess me up. The traps, the traps mess, mess me up. And being able to actually block that door yes. is better in some regards to a fence where the, the door's gone. Um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of value in the fence. But you asked me about the fear value. I do not want to be in gas. Yeah. I'm blind. I'm vulnerable. I'm taking damage. And you know the caustic's coming. It's not good. And I'm most likely stuck in a doorway. So it's just <laughs> a bad, bad place to be. Next up, we have Bangalore, the smoke launcher. I'm afraid of the smokes. smokes this is our biggest disagreement. This is our biggest disagreement. Controversial. Um, you can, it can start. Be, yeah, I'll start it off. You feel free to jump in with your feelings. Smokes, we think are good. They're in the, the upper half of these tacticals because uh, of the v- versatility can use the smoke to close the gap on an enemy position so they're sniping or they're hanging out with the devotion you can blind them offensive smoke and then push up um, you can use them as a distraction are we going left are we going right you don't know um, and then you can also use them to retreat so you can smoke yourself to get out of there but and that's, we do run that's into what some... frustrates me because <laughs> no matter the situation you could be in a three-on-one if you're mm-hmm. playing with a Bangalore and they take damage, they're popping their smoke and running away. Yeah. And there is nothing worse than being lasered in on somebody about to kill them. And then your own teammate pops a smoke right next to you and you can't see him anymore. Yeah. And then you come out of the smoke and they've lined up, up a shot and on you. lined up a shot. Yeah. So smoke goes both ways. But, you know... I was able to force Shay's hand here and say, this is a very competent smoke launcher player That's with the true. Bangalore and used effectively can really, I mean, you have two of them. You can really cover a large area when you need to disengage. Agreed. The t- having two of them is definitely helpful. And it's up there because it does affect the whole team for better or worse. And, and not a lot of these tacticals do that. You can do damage. Yep. A little bit of damage Ten to damage. see where people are at is is definitely a good scouting uh, tool. Next up, we have Wraith. Love the Wraith's tactical. tactical. Love Phase Wraith's tactical. Very good. And I think that early on in this game, this tactical was a lot better than it is now. Really? I think that the more you've played and the more people have grown accustomed to knowing exactly how long the tactical is going to last, you'll find a lot of situations where a wraith will try and run away and you can just chase them down and then yeah. they come out of the zone and they're immediately going to be knocked. Yeah. But for the most part, being able to get away is incredibly helpful. I think that's absolutely true what you just said. I also think that when we run into that situation where we're looking at a wraith, she phases, we are able to track her and then shoot her in the back, that's not using it at the best. You know, like really good Wraith players are going to use it not as a last ditch effort when you're the last person alive on your team, but they're going to use it to get in, get out and really dodge. So I think it can be used uh, very effectively and not a whole lot of negatives about it. I mean, a lot of people will say that Wraith is so good because Wraith's tactical is Mirage's Mm -hmm. ultimate. And I don't think that's exactly true, but I think there's a lot of similarities when yeah. it comes to disengaging. You can't really use Wraith's tactical You're on invincible. Yeah, you are. You are invincible, and you can get behind cover. You can go back to heal. You can, I mean... It packages very well with her ultimate as well, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about soon. Totally. 
Next up, we got Watson's tactical defenses. Well, defenses have changed the meta and changed the game completely. Absolutely. I mean, you get into a late game situation now and ranked, and there's fences everywhere. Every team has a Watson. The fences, when placed in a triangle at a doorway, are so effective because people won't just rush through them to yeah. get a kill. Yeah. Defenses are very good. Being um, able to seal off areas is key. And it's intimidating. Yeah, I can you know hear some people arguing that you put down a bunch of fences and it gives away your position. I would say that you put down a lot of fences and people, yeah, they know where you're at, but they're not going to push you. They'll avoid you. And if you got a couple G7s and you're hiding behind <laughs> the fences, nobody can see you because you're obscured by the red fence um, and you're lighting people up. At I'm, a distance. I'm not a fan of that being the play style, even though it is now. I mean, that's... Of holding up on a rock it's with a fences? Big, it's a big piece of winning, especially in ranked, but, like, that's not that's not as fun as, you know, pushing and having these fights where... Phasing in. Phasing in, grappling phasing out, in. grappling in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But it's still necessary now in ranked, and it's a very effective tactical. And compared to Caustic's trap, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't yeah. hurt your teammates. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And that's why it's better. Agreed. Speaking of the almighty grapple, we have Pathfinder's Tactical. The best, right? Pretty good. It's out of the 11. It's oh, not okay. quite up there okay. at the top, but it is uh, very good, um, especially at winning individual gunfights. I will say the thing about the grapple that's so good is a lot of these tacticals, like Wraiths, are mainly only used in a defensive capabilities mm -hmm. where you're trying to get away with the grapple you can attack you can retreat you can get high ground you can do whatever the heck you need to do yeah. and that's why it's better than wraith's phase agreed you know and it's impossible to hit a pathfinder while they're grappling perfectly through the air it is and it's very fun <laughs> it is very fun yeah i've seen the grapple used uh very well um you know revenants passive would be able to climb you know a two-story building or so quickly or whatever. Pathfinder can do that in a fraction of the second. And I go mean, if, higher. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot better. Yeah, there's a high skill cap, but again, we're assuming that this is a very competent grappler. Yeah, and if you are listening to this podcast and saying, the grapple sucks, I don't know how to grapple, just go into the firing range, take an hour, left bumper, then a... Mm -hmm. That's all Good you advice. need. That's Good all advice. you need. And that's sure. on Xbox, though. I don't know everything else off the top of my head. <laughs> um, and then finally, the best tactical there is is the Gibraltar Dome. And this is back to kind of Lifeline's passive, where this dome has so many abilities. The dome is stacked. It has to be the best. We I... see Lifeline's passive as the best because of its, you know, just a lot of different abilities. And again, with the dome. I felt that the dome would probably have already been top two, top three, uh, before they added the fact that Gibraltar yeah. can now res people faster in the dome. It's incredible. It's it can game get a very fast res off, which I do uh, incredibly often. I think I use it a lot. Because I die a lot. Hot reses are important to, you know, Winning gunfights and being able to apply healables faster in the dome, I think has changed how I use it and has made it better. The speed of this tactical, uh, being able to use it once or twice per gunfight is really big. Mm -hmm. um, it lasts a long time. You can use it to rotate. You can block off an area mm -hmm. with I, it. I use it almost as smokes defensively. I yeah. can pop it down, run through it, and then I'm not taking any bullets in the back. Yep. It so, can be used so well. It's it's amazing. Nothing, hopping on a down said. teammate. It's just it's, so good. It's the best. Yeah. All right. Now, I don't know if this is more controversial than the other ones. The ultimate is kind of a big thing. We'll um, see. We'll see. We did not. We tried to, but we did not take into account the time refresh like we did not look up the exact numbers on it and stuff yeah we just felt we like tried. we've played enough of the characters to go off and understand it mm -hmm. to a point mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna start off here and i think some people are gonna be surprised 
um, with our with our bottom ranking here. Um, but the worst ultimate in the roster right now, as it stands, is Octanes. The jump, jump pad, pad, while it's great because it comes incredibly fast, mm-hmm. it doesn't do enough for me. I think that you really only use it offensively to push. And when just looked at in the grand scheme of things with the other ultimates, yeah, it's just not as good. It sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> um, it has to be the worst. It's at the bottom of the ranking. But the thing is, it's very hard to gauge how high you're going to go. So can you get on that building? Can you get on that cliff? Hard to know off the bat. How long are you going to clear? It's unknown. You're just launching yourself into the sky. Sometimes when you step onto the pad, you go into the wrong direction. So you have to really line it up and prepare it. The octane has to be way ahead and with a really strong, clear head on where you're going. And then you really need to follow their path. Yeah. It's hard. It's just tough and related to the other ults. I just don't think it's as good. Yeah. And when you stack it up against uh, Wraith's portal and Pathfinder's zipline, it's just a lot harder to use and not as effective. Yep. Next up, we got Revenant's Ultimate. The totem. So we can talk about this one in yeah. depth. And so let's break down what the totem does because it's pretty new and At I want everyone to understand it. Confused. And it was a learning curve. So when Revenant gets the ult, it pops down the totem. The totem comes out of the ground. And then you, your team, and anyone else mm-hmm. uh, has to interact with the totem to activate it. Once you do that, you go into that shadow form. Not any faster or anything like that. You can't climb higher or anything like that. Pretty much you attack. And if you take damage, it goes directly to your health. And if you lose all your health, you respawn back at the totem. And you maintain your shields. Did I miss anything? No, that's it. It sucks. It's bad. Um, It doesn't give you an advantage. Well. As you may have thought it would have. My first thought when I heard about it was like, oh, gosh, this is broken. It's going to be so good. You're going to be able to attack with extra. Two tries. Two tries. And the thing is, is like, you just don't get far enough as well. Mm-hmm. The circle yeah, that the true. totem puts you in is also very constraining. And so, that's so much of the point. time, if you're attacking a team, you get stuck in these long gunfights where you'll have a team come up behind you. I can't even tell you how many times as a caustic, I will just pop a couple uh, Nox traps on the totem, or as another legend, throw some thermites right on there. Or fences. Or fences, and then they're screwed right as they come through because they they got no health, and so they die immediately. They expose themselves, and it's, you know, we assume that you could use it uh, way before the fight even happened. Like, you see a... You see a team out there in the distance, you're going to pop the totem, you're going to have the safety stock, and then you're going to be able to go in and close the gap. And then you'll be able to retreat back, heal up, and try again. That's not the case. You have to be almost in the same building to use it. Mm-hmm. And it just takes too long to heal back up and engage, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Next up is Bangalore, the Rolling Thunder, defensive bombardment. Rolling Thunder can be uh, good when used correctly. It really, to me, is a positioning ult. Yeah. Blocking off areas and forcing teams in certain directions, forcing them off of buildings. But it has its limitations. It has its limitations. A, if you yourself, as the Bangalore, uh, do it on yourself, you're going to take damage, obviously. Teammates are going to be concussed. Um, It doesn't do a ton of damage. It just doesn't do... You know, I have used Bangalore a fair bit... And I'll see some people up in a building and try to use it offensively. People have no problem just sitting there and taking the damage. And like, it's just you can not enough. Get away very easily. Yeah, it takes forever to actually explode and land. Yes, it is kind of uh, deterring people from crossing a line. So, yeah, again, to what you said, it's about positioning. But to be honest, in those final. Uh, positioning fights when you're in those top five top three teams the zone's too small for you to just say i'm going to cover the whole place with concussive missiles yeah i I haven't seen it used and i do not think it should be used 
it's it's fine. It's just it's nothing special. Yeah. Next up is something that I'm sad to say. The number four spot, Lifelines Care Package. This is something that has not been released of late, but I think that they changed the probabilities on the package. It certainly did. I agree. It used to be a guaranteed purple armor, and when that was the case, we felt like it was one of the best ultimates out there. I was playing a lot of Lifeline. Um, we are pushing the ultimate accelerants, obviously, to Lifeline. A lot of people were. Um, I felt like 50%, 40% chance getting a purple armor, at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really good. Now, I do not see that happening. Well, just the other day, we played with one of our Lifeline guys. He hit 11 care packages and got mm-hmm. purple armor once. Yeah. That's crazy to a me. A lot of sniper optics, a lot of stocks, yeah. just not... Not great. A lot of shield cells, which... And not to mention another thing about it is it gives away your position. Absolutely. And in ranked, you don't want people to know where you are that much. And I will say some people use it very well to lure people away at mm-hmm. the end of game. But sometimes that'll backfire and then you're giving people a free armor swap. Takes too long. Isn't a good probability that you are getting that free armor. Gives away your position, sadly. It's there at the bottom. Yep. It's near the bottom. Next up, we have Mirage's Ultimate. I love Mirage's so Ultimate. Fun. It's so fun. So fun. So good. Shooting people in the back could not be easier. I mean, I'm telling you, when the Devotion was a common gun, and so it was much easier to get, you get a fully stocked Devotion, mm-hmm. you hit Mirage's Ultimate, you get behind three people, and it's over. Yeah. Uh, squad's done it's so fun the most satisfying thing is walking right past a person yes the footsteps are loud it's still good though it's so good and you are invisible now you are completely you are invisible, invisible now i don't care what you say yeah. you're invisible it's only the noise really you can hear the footsteps but that's it yep. and it's so much better than wraith when it comes to getting away because yeah. it lasts so much longer Mm-hmm. And it can be used offensively to push. Even and Offensively, I think, is the highlight. Well, it doesn't have to be. You don't even have to push to go directly behind them. You can push, and then you could be shooting them from the yep. side, and that'll give your team some relief. And yeah. it can just be very effective when used. It's super fun. But it is uh, in the bottom half of these ultimates just because it gets a lot better. It starts to get really good now. Next up, we have Caustics. Caustic's Gas Bomb. Caustic's Gas the Bomb. Grenade. It just partners with the passive mm-hmm. so well to the point where if you are in a building and you get hit with a Caustic Bomb, it's done. Yeah. It's very hard to survive it at that sucks. point. It sucks. And there is no dodge in it. There's no dodge in it, honestly, um, especially on a building. But I know that you have used a Caustic Grenade. Um, and covered a whole team, like in the open. Yeah. Offensive push, you pop it on there, it's doing four damage a tick to everybody. They can't see, they can't get out of it because they're slow and blind, and you have them highlighted. And I've won a couple games. Like, if we're down to, I've won one game by myself with Caustic, and that was an incredible feeling. But I've won a couple games with one other person when you're going into a two-on-three because you'll be posted up in this building or something, and people will get inside and you got traps already going off and then you pop that bomb on them and people end up taking like 10 damage a tick yeah and you can see where they are and it's just crazy it definitely gives you a huge advantage um but it's right here at this number six spot because just like the tactical it can be used against the teammates and kind of puts you in an iso i mean you've had a lot of high kill games as caustic yeah because Caustic's a, a one-man show. I've had a lot of uh, die and ruin the team's chances games as Caustic as well. So yeah, so it's in the middle here, kind of controversial. Uh, maybe we need to revisit it, but we want to hear what you guys think as well. Next up is going to be Bloodhound's Ultimate. Recently got a little bit of a buff. Um, very good ultimate. As a as a ultimate, it is really cool being able to move faster. The it's the fastest you can be in the game. Yeah, it's really good. Um, tracking people, it's great. You see the trails. I will say sometimes you lose track of your health a little bit easily in the ult. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you feel like a god. Yeah, you do feel like a god. 
And I will say the other issue with it is just the fact that it still can be really short. You mm-hmm. Now you can get the knocks and add five seconds to it, but you can still pop it and then it can be short and it's very loud. Yeah. You know, you can use it to run away, close the gap because you do go so fast, but it's still 30 seconds. I mean, if you're trying to engage it right at a fight, yeah, it's loud. Yeah, it gives away your position. You're glowing, but it gets the job done when you, you, when you use it effectively. Next up here, we got Crypto's Ultimate. I love Crypto's Ultimate. Yeah. Crypto's Ultimate. Yeah. The EMP where you're taking 50 shields off, destroying traps, watts and fences. That's the biggest part. And you're slowing people like they got hit by an arc star. When used correctly, it's huge. Uh, The reason it's a little bit lower on this list is because of the fact that the crypto has to be uh, in the drone really to use it effectively. And that can put your team limit at a limitation. And you can shoot the drone right out of the sky and it cancels the ultimate. So yeah. kind of brutal. Next up, Pathfinder's zipline gun. And I think we're we went back and forth on these next yeah. two. Uh spoiler alert, the next uh ultimate is Wraith's Portal. Yeah. Uh because these are both used for the same thing. And it's to move your team, moving your team into a better position. And the advantage to Pathfinder is you can get high ground. And we ended up ranking Pathfinder below Wraith due to the fact that high ground is not as common and as as easy to find on the world's edge as it was in Kings Canyon. Yeah, totally agreed. Just the amount of zip lines they've added to the game and just the availability of easy positioning. The area above the train yard... The little houses hanging above, that used to be the best spot for Pathfinder, Mm -hmm. and now anybody can get up there. Yeah, so that is what it is, and, you know, next up's Wraith. Mm -hmm. Um, You are invincible. I love You don't know where you're going. Uh, Like, people don't know where you came from. Uh, You can crawl through it. Lots of abilities packed into this ultimate. Really, the difference between this and Pathfinders is if you're in late zone and you need to move from one place to another, you can get absolutely murked as a team if you're on a zip line yeah and if you're in a portal you'll be safe Mm -hmm. and deploying that portal you're also safe as a wraith coupled with the tactical agreed yeah it's it's very very good late game positioning it's amazing and i think that the ability to get your downed people out of a fight in a pinch is also really important yeah next up is going to be gibraltar's bombardment this Took a hit. I will say it got restructured. Maybe Total did not take a hit. And really, I think that it got better. Okay. Um, Just because you even get it though quicker. it got kind of worse, it the radius got smaller, the recharge got faster, um, and the damage got reduced. But I still think it got better. Before Gibraltar season two, season one, extremely long charge up time mm-hmm. and at that time all the ultimate accelerants were not being given to yeah, gibraltar they're going the lifeline yep and so you got it maybe once per game if mm-hmm. you were gonna be surviving the whole time and so now you're getting it two or three times you're getting it a lot yeah. and you can use it more often for different reasons and at the late game you pop that down in some of the you know zone six zone seven and it can it can finish some teams it, it's it'll finish some teams you can use it defensively to get away. Mm-hmm. You can block areas. It's a very, very good ultimate. It comes down faster than Bangalore's, so blinds you know, people, people are more reactive to it. And you, when you hear that sound and all the red highlights on the ground, um, you start to move. And while it can affect your team in a negative way, the fact that Gibraltar can throw it further than any other throwable, very far, yeah, that helps with that issue a lot. I think totally second best. Now, you've probably been able to figure out this last one through the process of elimination. Uh, kind of an interesting call, but Watson. And I think this comes down to, I mean, it's the interception pylon. Yeah. And pop it down. It takes away throwables. Um, throwables can affect you. Charges Watson's fences faster so yep. you can place more. Major defensive boost. And it counters Gibraltar's ult. Mm-hmm. It charges your teammate's shields. It's the ultimate late game. It counters smokes. It counters caustic's uh, grenade. Like it counters uh, the artillery defensive bombardment from Bangalore. 
it counters other people's ultimate. Like, obviously, it has to be at the top. And I would say that being able to charge the shields is why I think it's the best. It saves you so many cells and batteries late game. And that's something we didn't even understand until I started playing a lot more Watson. you got to try it before you knock it. I mean, if you're held up, whether it's on the corner of a cliff or in a building, you can peek windows even without Gibraltar's gun shield and not worry about taking a couple bullets because you're already recharging your shield for free. Yeah. So uh, let's hit them. Hit them with the overall rankings. Combine yeah, all so, those. Mm-hmm. After we ranked all of them from best to worst, then we just summed up the totals and the result was, should we do least to best or best to worst? Let's do least to best. We've been sticking At the with bottom. That. At the bottom, we have Revenant. I hope they re- I hope they buff him. I he, hope. They're gonna. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. For sure. Next up, Octane. Then Mirage. Bloodhound. Crypto. Bangalore. Caustic. Lifeline. And now the top legends. We have Watson, Wraith, Pathfinder, and Gibraltar as being the number one. And I think that besides maybe Gibraltar, I think that Gibraltar's kind of catching on now more than he ever has mm-hmm. been. You see a lot more Gibraltars being played. But looking at those top four, Gibraltar, Pathfinder, Wraith, Watson, is that correct? Yeah. Those are the four. You see that combination yeah. in every competitive game. And most teams that win pubs, that's the combo you see. Is it is. a combination of those four because... They work so well together, and they're so good individually. Yeah. They stick together. They can move. They can defend. They can res. I mean, it's a it's a really good team if you have a Watson, Gibraltar, and then interchangeable Pathfinder, Wraith. Yeah. Let's see the tier breakdown. How many tiers did we end up rocking? Yep. So we got the three tiers, Master, Diamond, and Platinum. Top tier legends are going to be the Master. And the. correct me if I'm wrong. We pretty much did the tier based ranking based on our own opinions. So we separated them based off of a wide gap in points if it was yep. there. Yep. Or if we had a feeling like, okay, there's definitely a difference between these guys. Yeah. Absolutely true. And within tiers, they are still ranked accordingly to the point system that we just mentioned. Yeah. So that top tier is again Gibraltar, Pathfinder, Wraith, Watson. Write it down. Best legends to play. That's the master tier if you're trying to win. Next tier is going to be Diamond. At the top of that, we have Lifeline, Caustic, Bangalore, Crypto, and Bloodhound sneaks in there for the fifth and final Diamond legend. And that, I think, became the Bloodhound sneaking in there was because of the ultimate buff. I think if that hadn't happened, I think we'd see Bloodhound in the lower tier of legends. Yeah. And at our at least our scoring, taking into account how we did it, uh, Bloodhound and Crypto are tied. They both have the same amount of points, so yeah. that's also why Bloodhound is in there alongside Crypto. And then finally, last tier: Platinum, Mirage, Octane, Revenant. Yeah, I really, I mean, those are three of my favorite legends from a character standpoint. Like those guys are all incredibly fun. And I've been asking for the longest time for a Mirage buff. I don't know what it is. We're going to go into an episode soon where we talk about buffs that we hope happen yep. and nerfs as well. Um, and so I hope that there's some changes to those guys. I think it's coming for Revenant for sure. I'm a little doubtful for the other two, though. Gibraltar needs a buff. Gibraltar needs a <laughs> nerf. Yeah, it's OP. Yeah. So those are our rankings for the Legends. Our next episode will be coming out next week. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all things that have been leaked about the legend Loba. We're going to get very very into her, very into her in depth. And hopefully we learn a lot about where the game Apex is going if some of these leaks turn out to be true. But, oh, Soul of the Cat making an appearance at the end here. Okay, please, please, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or if you're on Anchor. Leave a five-star review with your question and we will make sure it's answered on our next podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. 
We interact with everyone on there. Thank you for listening to the Third Party Podcast. See you next week. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>